I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to Pisces, Pisces Rising. Go deep or go home. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. Hi everyone, we're back. Yeah, welcome to Pisces Rising. So last time, last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, you may want to go back and check it out because we talk about the shadow side of each zodiac sign, so sort of the lowest expression of it when you're unconscious, the negative traits of each sign. And this time we're going to talk about the positive and the highest expression and how to transmute the negative and to elevate it into a higher expression. Yeah, so we're going to do the same thing, start in order, only this time we're going to just be focusing on a different kind of energy the light side instead of the shadow side with a little bit of talking about the transmuting and and maybe steps how to invoke the higher side a little more but the theme is it's already there you're already having the planets in your system you're already vibrating to them so it's not necessarily always going to take a lot of effort to do the transmutation because you have these traits within you already yeah it's just about allowing them to shine through so we'll start with aries Aries, first sign of the zodiac. They're definitely pioneers. I was thinking about it this morning when I knew we were going to talk about this topic, and one of the things that I would say for sure about Aries is they are the most fearless sign of the zodiac. They're kind of like the fool card. They're going to try something and not necessarily worry about the consequences, which also can be a really great skill and resource to have. So, for example, with doing something like starting a business or wanting to figure something out or wanting to learn, you know, they're not going to necessarily be, I'm going to go to college to get this four-year degree. They want to know now. So their intake for information and their fearlessness of how to do the action is very cohesive. And it's definitely one of those things that could annoy other people, even though it's a very positive trait, just because there might not be a lot of caution in it. But that is what makes them so resourceful in just jumping in. They almost have the idea and then they act on it. So a higher side Aries is rarely dormant. They're very motivated. They're fearless. They're ready. They start things. They continue them. And if they make a mistake, they don't beat themselves up for months and months. They just keep moving forward. Their MO is to move forward no matter what, and they will continue to do that. So to transmute this energy, when an Aries feels stuck, Moving forward and maybe analyzing the mistake could help the moving forward a little more to prevent that same mistake again. But if you just take the step, the work will follow. Definitely. I think that Aries tend to be very driven. And in the positive side, this can look like being okay with being out there. They are not shy and they're okay with putting themselves out there asking for what they need specifically they'll just go for it like if they want a promotion they're just going to ask for it and that can be really inspiring to other people who maybe have a hard time accessing that and so transmuting the negative the negative side of areas is if you listen to the last episode they can be very domineering maybe angry or impulsive blunt beyond reason they'll drop bombs and say something and then leave without worried about emotional consequences which again is usually bad for the other person but not necessarily the Aries right and so Aries can really balance this by it doesn't mean that they have to necessarily change their personality and become like a soft emotional person but maybe learning how to listen a little can be helpful and also working in groups can sometimes help Aries to learn those skills they're great leaders they're very good at getting things done and they don't mess around they can be very focused when they put their minds to it so transmuting that maybe allowing yourself if you are an Aries or you have an Aries placement to listen a little bit more maybe allow somebody to finish their full thought before jumping in and responding. An Aries who is a little more self-aware will not interrupt as much as a less conscious Aries. So actually, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story here. I have a Mercury in Aries, and one of my pen pals, who is a Taurus son, also has a Mercury in Aries, and we were pen paling each other about 
what a pain in the ass of Mercury in Aries is because when you have other things in your chart, because you basically verbally drop the bomb, then you realize you hurt somebody's feelings and you're like, oh, fuck, let me backtrack and see if I could remedy this because something else in your chart feels sensitive to it. So she wrote me a letter about all the positive things a Mercury in Aries does. And one of the things is they adapt to other people's communication fast. Once they realize they have erred, they will then accommodate because Aries wants, well, this is my opinion of it. They do that because it's going to be easier to not necessarily have the conflict if they remember that it caused a conflict the first time. And if you slow down and you take somebody else's emotion into consideration when you're talking because you have to work for them, it's only going to work better for the Aries. So chill out a little step back and take it in even if you have to force yourself to make eye contact and not dodge around that is going to appease the other person which is going to make your work life and your pioneering forward and getting what you actually want to get done when it involves another person it's going to make all that easier for you so when you think about the other person think about how it can affect you and that's how you will transmute the energy that is a really good point yeah because Aries might have a hard time doing something just to make someone else happy I mean they can probably wrap their heads around that but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to find the motivation that way so yeah if they can think about you know when you have to slow down and deal with this conflict like that's really gonna impede your progress it's going to make you have to be a lot more patient so if you can just kind of put forth the effort to listen and to compromise at the beginning then it will allow your path to open up that much clearer have you ever watched iliana glazier alana alana glazier yeah. yeah she's an aries oh she is yeah and that makes a lot of sense it radiates out of her with the commentary so watch her she's a broad city girl but she has her own stand-up show Taurus. Taurus higher side is so much about self-worth and self-love. They really prioritize. They're great at boundaries. A Taurus on the higher side is going to care deeply about themselves, deeply about their actions and what they're giving. They have a great moral code. Sometimes they invent that moral code themselves. So they also might be a little hard on themselves, invent the moral code, but they will follow it and they will be very loyal to it. And they believe that people should be treated good. They want to be treated good. So a Taurus on the higher self could be really soft and you're not going to see it right away because they do come off boundaries because they know their worth and they want to protect what they're worth because they can give so much energy into something that's they just love. They're ruled by Venus. They're lovers. They're the lovers of the Zodiac. And there's nothing more special than being loved and held by a Taurus because they know how shitty it is to feel bad. They pay attention to it and they just don't want people to feel bad. They don't like feeling bad. They don't like conflict. They don't like to deal with hard emotions. So they try to prevent that. And it's not that they don't do any shadow work. They just know how it feels and they'll do what they need to do to avoid a bad feeling. So they're really good at holding space for feeling good. They're really good at cooking, at making a good meal, at rubbing your back. They're just intimate and soft and strong. They can also be really artistic. There's a lot of wonderful Taurus musicians and dancers. They can really channel creativity in their bodies specifically. So unlike Libras who are also ruled by Venus, they are more artistic in like an abstract way, whereas Taurus carries it in their body. And so they express it through almost like an interpretive dance style. Like they can really tell a story through their movement, through their body. I feel like a lot of ballet dancers might be Taurians, people that are able to emote a lot in their voice. That's very Taurus as well. They are really tapped into an appreciation of nature. They have some of the greenest thumbs in the zodiac because they can kind of sense the feeling of the plants to some extent. They know if they're suffering and they want to help that just like they do with their family members and friends and so I think that Taurus the stubbornness kind of softens in the higher side of Taurus so one of the traits that we notice on the negative side of Taurus can be stubbornness and that can really evolve to knowing your boundaries and knowing your worth but allowing yourself to possibly open up to opportunities as they come in 
And so there might be a, still a little bit of a slow movement toward change, but at least they're going to be open and that receptivity will come in a little bit more on the higher side. Yeah, that's brilliant. That is very true about their bodies. I would say that they're the most embodied sign of the zodiac, hence their empathy taking over their body because like a Pisces, they're not going to run from it. They're going to feel it. So that, I think, is why they reject pain more so than other signs because their body just gets the brunt of their emotions. So expressing it and doing all those things, as said, is their way of interpreting it and moving through it. I mean, there's so many, yeah, Taurus is so many actors and actresses and dancers. Channing Tatum, Penelope Cruz are Tauruses and they're in their bodies and they dance and have this passion and sing. If you've ever seen Penelope Cruz in a Pedro Almodovar movie, he uses her all the time to express emotion because her face alone can really put a lot of the theme of the movie out there. Just to clarify, because I know we're talking about the positive signs of the Zodiac, but Tauruses will actually not emote at all if they do need to make a boundary. They'll almost freeze. Not Aquarian style, but they'll just kind of put that wall up. So there is an opposite sense of when they're not feeling good, you're, you're going to be able to see like a monotone face. But when they are feeling good, they light up the room and it just is expressed through their body, their face, their physical features. And they just take up a lot of space. You feel them from miles away. So if they're happy, that's what you feel from a far away place because they're so embodied that it radiates out their aura. That's a really good point. They can be some of the most joyful in the Zodiac because their joy is very contagious when they have it. They want to share it with people. They can be very generous almost in a Leo way. Yeah, definitely very generous, but cautiously generous. Like it's going to be once in a while a very big and beautiful gift as opposed to the Leo where it's like all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's well thought out and really perfect when it does happen. Gemini. Mm. With the crow, I hope you guys heard that because that was a perfect introduction, that cough. I know everything and I'm the leader of the sky and the air. Yep. There it is. There it is. Gemini can be very intelligent. They are extremely witty and funny. They can be great comedians, very great inventors, people with just a unique perspective on life. They can be great teachers, professors, people that you want to learn from that are also entertaining. It's not dry and boring. There's always some kind of novelty to it that actually helps you to remember the information better. It's almost like they're performing when they're teaching you. It's like a little one-person show. And that actually can help you to retain information better. I think that Gemini can be some of the best teachers in that regard. Yeah, they're very fast learners too. They could read something academically and remember it right away. They're so quick and they're kind of like wiry and exciting in the body as well. So they're not necessarily as grounded as Taurus or emotive, but they're reactive physically. They tend to have kind of sensitive nervous systems. They tend to be thin with a lot of high energy that's almost comical in like a slapstick way because they really use it when they talk. They gesticulate. There are signs of gesticulation when they're talking because that's their passion. They're so passionate about talking and information. If you ever need anything researched, if you want to find the cheapest place to buy an outdoor bathtub, they're going to be the ones to find it for you in two seconds. They can do research. They're like walking encyclopedias. Some of the energy of transmution almost needs to come by slowing down and understanding that other people cannot always keep up with your fast-paced brains. So one of the ways to transmute the energy is to just pause a minute, the same as Aries, and pay attention to somebody's face. Mm. Like... Are they listening to you or have they just kind of faded out because you're doing a monologue? So if you can really hone in your energy of public speaking, there are so many people that you can help. But it's really transmuting it and understanding the difference between a monologue that nobody's hearing and that you're just like so worked up about you're expressing versus something really wanting to get the point across to change the world and change humanity. This is something that you can do with your information. Geminis are the signs that really know what's going on right now politically and conspiracy. They know they're going to look at both sides 
and they're going to make a decision and come to a consensus based on how they think. But Geminis have a multitude of perspective, which is their higher side. Their fault is not being able to make a decision. So other ways to transmute the energy is think about the final outcome. You're always projecting in the future anyway, so think about what it would be like if you made this decision. How would it unveil, and is that the best decision for you? So adding imagination to your projection will help you greatly. Definitely, and I liked what you said about the monologuing and seeing if people are really listening to you because Geminis love a back-and-forth banter. They love to be able to kind of lightly debate something with somebody else, and you'll have an easier time of that if you can connect to a person. And some people, you know, tend to be more emotional than Geminis, and so if they can kind of get the hook in there and and kind of connect the information to the person, make it relevant to them, then that person will be more likely to interact with them and to give them that sort of back and forth communication that they're looking for. So it ends up being more rewarding to the Gemini if they're able to personally connect the information for other people, which they're not in the lower side usually able to do. It's more of just like a, here are the facts, Here, here's what I learned, I'm just gonna keep talking about it to you. So. Yeah, definitely they can reach a lot more people if they can find a way to personalize the information that they're giving to their audience a little bit more. Yeah, they're not the most intimate sign at all. They're very curious, so they tend to be very kinky sexually, which is a plus. Side note there, but they are also, I would say, unempathetic, actually, but they have a higher mind. So the more you could focus on the higher mind, that would be the collective consciousness and maybe what is better for the collective consciousness, the more people are going to take you seriously. Russell Brand, we saw how he started and where he's at now. He's a perfect example of a Gemini. And if you watch him 10 years ago, you might have wanted to rip your face off because it was obnoxious, but the information was still there. Now the message is just so it's almost scholarly when he talks. I don't know if you've ever watched his show. I just started watching it where he interviews people and it's, it's back and forth. It's thought of. There is a lovely banter. There is jokes. So it makes absorbing the information so much easier when you hear him talk to somebody and you hear him be curious in interview. And one of the reasons they are so good in bed is a curiosity as opposed to an intimacy. So you might not necessarily feel like a super close connection with them in like a cuddly way, but if you want to get inventive in the bedroom, go to the Gemini, men or women. And that's almost where their sense of intimacy will come from. Yeah. Through your willingness to sort of play with them and in both communication and the physical, I think that they'll take to you in that way and the intimacy will grow. Play is a great word for a Gemini. Yeah, they just like to have fun. They like to keep things light and I think that, I mean, Geminis can be deep. They can definitely be spiritual. They can definitely be concerned about the greater good and helping humanity and it's really just about understanding empathy and developing that side of themselves a little bit more because I think uninvolved Geminis have a really difficult time with empathizing. But that's perfect because transmuting it to just understand it because Geminis can understand it's a thing. Oh, yeah. They can understand and that is actually part of their MO. They just want to understand and once they understand they kind of give up and move on but understanding empathy is a little bit different. You wouldn't necessarily give up and move on. You would just put yourself in somebody else's shoes, which you could always do if you understand the concept of empathy. Right. So I think that sometimes unevolved Geminis will just kind of focus on the more positive side of things, like the more playful, light side of things. So if you are looking to sort of develop that, you might want to read up on some of the problems that other people are going through. And you might not empathize in your body the way like a Taurus would, but you can understand it on a mental level, which will allow you to connect to other people that are maybe going through difficult situations. Cancer. Mm. The mothers, the nurturers of the Zodiac, they will take care of you, they will feed you, they will cuddle you, they will give you lots of physical affection if you're sad, even if you don't say they're sad and they think you're sad, they will try to help you to feel better without you even having to talk about it because they get sad when you're sad. If you're not okay and you are close with a cancer, they're not okay. They literally will prioritize your problems as their own 
which doesn't necessarily sound like a great trait, but really, how many times do we need that? So many people need that. They need validation. A cancer is going, anything in cancer is going to give you that validation. There's peace and passivity in cancers. They are also humanitarians as well and do make changes. I mean, they're starting the first day of summer is when we're going into cancer season and the first day of summer is the longest day. It has so much light. Yes, it's on the cusp and it has both parts of the Gemini energy and the Cancerian energy, but the first day of summer is that cancer season, so much light, so much nurturing shedding on you for a long period of time that the energy can be really beautiful. I have some cancer in my chart and a lot of the times it's actually probably what I like least in my chart or what I struggle with the most. Even though it has brought me huge gifts, it's the part that holds on to things, that holds on to grief, that holds on to sadness, that thinks something is my fault. So cancers do have these things where they'll blame or they'll feel guilt or they'll guilt trip. So in transmuting that, it's just understanding that sometimes it's actually best to give that person space and wait till they're ready. And transmuting it is also knowing deep inside that they don't actually have to be okay for you to be okay. That's a very sweet concept. But if you do continue to live like that, even though it helps people greatly, it's also going to fuck you so hard for so long that you will end up taking away from your life because sometimes you'll have to wait forever to be okay but if you're waiting for somebody else to be okay. Absolutely. I feel that hard. I have my mercury in cancer, and that's also one of the parts of my chart that I find the most difficult just because it's at odds with all the fire energy that I have in my chart. And the way that I find that that will manifest is sometimes I don't ask when I need things from people. I just assume that they'll know, and then I feel a little put out when they don't no, because I am spending so much time trying to anticipate what other people need. And I think the best way to transmute those negative sides of cancer is to be honest as much as you can and communicate your needs and feelings because cancers are, they have a very unique intuition where they can kind of sense the smallest human suffering around them. They just know. And they will go out of their way to eliminate that. And not everyone has that ability, that special ability that cancers have. And so cancer has to learn how to open up and to communicate when they're hurting, when they need something, to be able to vocalize that and tell other people exactly what it is that they need. And that will help to allow the cancer to grow and be a little bit less passive aggressive and be more direct and actually create more harmony in the relationship because sometimes cancer actually causes some of the disharmony in the relationship by their need for the harmony in the relationship because they're trying so hard that it actually creates a problem when there isn't one. That is fucking genius, actually. <laughs> that is so true and so good. I do want to say that after working with you for six years, I actually feel like the Mercury in Cancer is very, your Mercury in Cancer specifically, is very diplomatic and it actually allows people to take you in easier than the way other signs might take in a fire sign. So I've always looked at it as a resource for you. I don't know what it's like to internally feel it because mine is reversed. My Mercury is in Aries and my moon is in Cancer, so I suffer the emotional consequences after I drop the the bomb of whatever the Mercury reaction is like, oh, you know, did you gain 20 pounds? And oops, I am so sorry. That clearly was not appropriate <laughs> to say, you know, and then I'll beat myself up for it when I go home, where I think for you, it's probably the reverse, where you <laughs> say something diplomatically and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that asshole just took advantage of me. And you realize that like hours later oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, I should have made a boundary. So I feel like it could happen in that. But the presentation of it is pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've noticed it more in not being able to vocalize what it is that I need and then feeling like nobody understands. But if I could have, I could have filled people in and then they would have had an opportunity to understand. So that's one of the cancer things that I Do you find. also think it's your passion for music, the songwriting and the, so and the actual music sound making? I think so. I mean, it definitely gave me an interest in writing poetry and writing from a young age and wanting to communicate my thoughts through music. We go to the Leo. All right.
Leos are some of the warmest people you can meet. They love to feel good. They love to bathe you in their sunlight. And they want to be generous. They want to give you sort of a luxury experience. When you're friends or family with a Leo, they want you to be royalty in, in essence. So they will do a lot for you. They'll buy you things. They'll devote their time to you. They want you to have sort of this star experience. And they are very loving people. They care very much about making sure everyone's having a good time, but in a different way than cancer. In sort of like a party sense, they can be an amazing hostess, even though cancer is sort of like the one you would think of being the amazing host. I think that Leos can be too because they are able to network so easily. They can jump from one person to another. They can be like, oh, this person needs someone to talk to. I'm going to go over to this side of the party and give them a drink and see how they're doing, make sure they're okay. All right, now I'm going to go over here. Like they're very aware of everyone around them. It's sort of like a performative dance, just kind of moving from person to person. And it makes everyone around them feel special. The difference between the Cancer energy of the Leo energy is Leo energy does it and they actually have fun doing it. Cancer energy might be worried about people. A Leo's going to kind of do that dance and really enjoy every step of it and like the receiving of attention for it, having fun at the same time, exchanging uh, a dynamic of fun to the other person. And they also just tend to be the life of the party. And they like, they're ruled by the sun. They like the light. They like the show. And therefore, they are going to be extremely optimistic. A Leo can be very optimistic. And they're also associated with Jupiter and the sun. That is joy. That is just pure joy. Even walking down the street with a Leo is fun. Even if they dominate the conversation, you know, or they bring a lot of attention to themselves, it's in a fun way, and it, they also supply us with great TV and great comedy. They also care about how they look and, you know, really just present themselves in a beautiful way. They, they rarely go unnoticed. I find they tend to be tall and lanky. They have curly hair or like a lion's mane going on. They dress in bright colors. They're just so noticeable and so unashamed and they always want to make a friend. They can be pretty judgy after they know you, but again, they will also put you on a pedestal because loyalty is important to them. So even if they are judging you, they're not gonna leave. If anything, I think that Leos are the sign that actually will get broken up with before they break up with someone because they put their lovers on a pedestal. And if they love you, you can't really do anything wrong. Even if you're doing wrong things all the time, they just, once they've decided to love you, they're going to worship you and talk about you with light. And they're going to want to share how great you are to other people. Also very complimentary. We were talking about Libras being complimentary. Leos are also very complimentary and they give you confidence. Nothing like makes me step up to the plate more than a Leo. My mom's a Leo. My sister and I were just having this conversation of trying to appreciate our parents in the now and all the great things that they bring like while they're alive. And basically the one thing we agreed on that we said about my mom is like, no matter what we do, she's gonna love us. At this point, I, you know, don't hide anything from my mom. I'm not necessarily putting it in her face. It's just more of when I was growing up, all that I had to repress growing up Catholic and being psychic and being chastised by my family, I had to repress a lot in. And when I stopped having to do that, I just stopped. So she's never abandoned me. And she always tells me she loves me and she's proud of me. And at this point, you know, I am in front of her the way I am in front of, well, I guess most people, but really good friends. There's not necessarily, I'm not worried of like, my mom is going to abandon me if I smoke a joint in my backyard or if I, you know, have sex too loud or something. It's like not even a thing that I even think of anymore in fear because I am so clear that her love is endless and Leos will make you feel that way. They will tell you, they will show you, and they will not abandon you. Mm. Yeah, so the lower side of Leo tends to be selfishness and egocentric activity. 
So I think the higher side is understanding that through lifting up the other people around you, that gives you an even more special quality and people are going to notice it and they're going to really respond to it. Because if you're just like, look at me, I'm the best, I'm the best all the time, it's going to really draw people away. They might notice you at first, but then they're going to be like, oh my God, this is too much. I can't deal with this. But if you're able to sort of extend your light and love and shower it on other people as well as yourself, then that actually gives you more of an audience in the end because more people will want to be around you and they're going to want to be in that light, that Leo spotlight that comes sort of generated from a happy Leo, a sunbeam that comes out of the happy Leo and people want to be around it. And so transmuting that tendency towards selfishness to include other people and lifting them up. Leos can be some of the most encouraging signs in the zodiac. They are very much like you could show them something you're working on and they'll encourage you to go for it. Even if it's kind of impractical or weird, they're going to be very supportive and very encouraging. They're also courageous and great manifestors. They don't always necessarily have to work hard for their manifestations. They will if they have to, but just their own desire ignites the making it happen. Because they have so much confidence. There's very little self-doubt in a healthy Leo. Virgo, other sign that's the information of the zodiac, other sign ruled by Mercury. But Virgos, it's different. It's a different kind of mercurial energy. It's so much about service, so much about spreading the message. But I would say that Virgos, they don't really monologue. They, eh, they monologue a little, but it's more that they notice the detail and they want to share it with you and they care and are paying attention that you understand what they're saying and that you understand the importance of the message that they're trying to bring because they're very big on right and wrong. They tend to be a more black and white sign and, and they look at right and wrong, which sometimes could be problematic, but sometimes it could actually just be simple. And right now, if we were collectively coming from a Virgo energy, the world would be a much different place because Virgos, they do want people to work together. They're an earth sign that can change their mind. They're an earth sign that can take in a different perspective. And they're also the multitaskers of the Zodiac. So they can kind of be uh, in the back lines working very humbly and taking care of a lot of the bones and a lot of things that are very important very, very quickly for another person to make use of this really good work so they're not afraid to go into a challenge they're not afraid to go into a mental challenge a gemini might drop the mental challenge they might be like all right arguments done because i'm bored uh, virgo they don't really they don't get bored their mind is always working so there's not necessarily a sense of boredom and they also always kind of want to solve a puzzle to make it right their desire to understand is huge and that's why they focus so much on the detail which transmutation energy here just a little bit i think that's part of the problem right there focusing on the detail takes you away from transmuting the energy and could get you down a rabbit hole so in order to transmute the detail energy is think of the outcome think of the big picture of what you are trying to achieve and and how people will take it in and also listen and what do you want from it how do you want to feel and with that maybe focus more on that than the detail of what you think it is wrong so focus on the detail of how to get what you want instead of the detail of why you are not getting what you want virgos do tend to be a little complainy and they do tend to notice the negative and they do tend to focus on that detail. So transmuting the energy would be focusing on the positive and giving the detail-oriented energy that you have that can be so useful and thorough to what you want to make happen. Virgos are very organized. If you need to get something done on like the back end, like you need to get an event planned, a Virgo is great because they're not going to miss any details. They're going to think of everything ahead of time and they're going to make sure it's done well, it's done right, it's executed well. You can pretty much always count on a Virgo to hold up their end of the bargain. If they can't, for some reason, they will let you know with plenty of time. They're very conscientious, very considerate. Virgos are really good at seeing what needs to be improved, which 
as Heather said, can be a downside if they're only focused on the negative all the time, but they're really good at assessing a situation and seeing what could be changed to make it more optimal, which is a really good skill to have, honestly. So it's all about figuring out how to implement that without the Virgo exploding with stress, basically. Virgo is probably one of the signs that benefits the most from meditation and mindfulness specifically because they have such an overactive mind that can tend to focus on only those things that need fixing, which if you're only focusing on things that need fixing, you're going to gradually go crazy because you're not enjoying yourself really. So meditation allows the Virgo to get more in touch with their body as opposed to their mind because they are an earth sign and they like to be in touch with their body that ultimately feels really good to them, but sometimes they have trouble dropping from the mind into the body. So meditation, mindfulness, yoga, Virgo really benefits from that. That's good. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. I could see, yeah, Virgos would benefit from meditating more so maybe than a Pisces who would benefit from daydreaming. Yeah, exactly. I think that Virgos especially, they like routine, they like structure a little more than most signs, at least most Virgos, I'd say, which is funny because they're a mutable sign. You'd think that they would not like that, but I think it's... But that's the earth. Yeah. And if you teach them how to do something, they're worker bees. They'll do it. So meditation is just a ratio. So it's like, Virgo, you have permission to shut your mind off for this half hour they're going to do it more so than like if you tell a Sagittarius, all right, you have permission. A Sagittarius doesn't want permission to like shut down and not think of anything for an hour. That could be torture to them. Yeah. But for a Virgo, making that time in their schedule to do that could be, they could master meditation because of it. Oh yeah. They could become very mindful and present, which I think is the highest expression of a Virgo. Yeah. Because then they're unstoppable. If they're pres- if you have a present Virgo, that is like, they will take care of everything and do it pretty joyfully, honestly. Libra. All right. They are complementary. Another Venus rule of planets. They're really great with words. Diplomatic. They see both sides of things immediately. They literally will have two perspectives at the same time downloading into their brain at the same time. They have an attention to detail, but they're not necessarily very detailed. They're like mix-matched. If you've ever gone into a Libra's house or somebody with a lot of Libra in their charts, they'll have nice little sets of things, beautiful art, maybe color, pretty good feng shui, but it's not going to be like necessarily orderly and tidy. It's more going to be like planned out pretty chaos. Pretty cluttered. Yeah, pretty yeah. clutter, yes. Yeah, like aesthetically pleasing clutter. So it's not just like piles of paper and newspapers everywhere, but it's maybe they're collectors. There's a lot packed into a small place, but it's all interesting and nice to look at. Yeah, definitely yeah. collectors. Yeah. Of art, of beautiful things. Oh, yeah. Libras are just aesthetically pleasing, usually in their presentation and in the things that they're interested in. They tend to be good artists, good writers. Screenplays. Yeah. Yep. Directors, even. Pedro Amadovar is a writer, very imaginative. And they can make something twisted look beautiful. They don't like conflict. They're great with the positive spin. And they're also great, they, they don't like gross things. A Libra is going to make roadkill look beautiful. They can make something dark and scary and, and make it beautiful and transmute it to light. And some of that is their discomfort of gross things or things that are hard to look at or hearing painful things because they don't like conflict, whether it's their own or observing somebody else's. But they do like fairness and they do like understanding. So a higher side Libra is going to work through the conflict and is going to make a positive out of the conflict. They're going to use it as fuel to overcome someone and to make it right because justice is very big for them. Yeah, they are great mediators, great at sort of serving as that middle ground between two people who are really fired up or who have very opposing opinions. Libra's really good at helping people to see another way to think about it in a way that's not at all threatening. They keep it very gentle. They have a light touch. So they can, for instance, if you're complaining to them about somebody else, they'll be like, well, maybe they just meant this. And they don't necessarily agree with that. They're just sort of presenting an alternate viewpoint for you to think about. And they're really good at 
presenting that in a way that isn't like, oh, they definitely meant that. You're being crazy. You're overreacting. Libra wouldn't do that. Typically. Yeah, they validate you with reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. with like, well, there's this thing to think about too, and you know, it's not just one way. Yeah, multifaceted for sure. Yeah, I think that they are very creative. You can learn a lot about different elements of culture from a Libra. I feel like you could make a Libra friend and suddenly you would know a bunch about certain type of art. They would teach you everything they know about it because they're very passionate about these little niche subcultures that they get into. And sometimes they'll switch throughout their life depending on who they're around or what their current interests are. But I, I feel like you can learn a lot from Libra in kind of in, the, in a sort of Gemini way. But there, it's usually about something like art or music or film. Yeah, creative, something creative. And it's also the higher understanding of the creativity. So it might not necessarily be like being in the film or even filming it, but understanding the message the film was trying to bring they're, they're they have an understanding and it's mental it's it's not quite emotional so they're good at giving the actual information of these art and these creativity things from maybe a more historic profession than uh like oh this photo makes me feel like this or is the mona lisa smiling or frowning it is going to be more of like the Mona Lisa was painted in 100 and this person did it and they're going to know the passion, the Venus for Libra, that passion is more about information and mind than it is about aesthetics. It is also both for both Taurus and Libras. It is also both about relationship, but it's again different in understanding the information or the way in which it happens where a Venus ruled Libra will analyze the information instead of empathize it like a Taurus Libra. So Libras are very, it's because of that that they're collaborative and you could work with them. They're not leaders or followers. They're kind of in the middle. Sometimes they're stuck in the middle and that's the exact thing that needs to be transmuted. Sometimes they see so many perspectives they cannot make a choice and they end up stagnating and just becoming stationary and not fun to talk to at all. So the energy of like using a pendulum or using something emotional to address that energy for a Libra, like I always recommend Libras use a pendulum to to decide, like are you going to make this decision or that decision because that's incorporating your emotion and your cellular memory and it's movement that's going to help you. Air is not stagnant, it needs to move. So a stagnant, that's moving air right now, that sound. That sound is a plane going over us, we can leave it in there. Yeah. That's moving air, and that's what makes a Libra thrive, the energy of, of progress and of moving forward. So they need to understand to be able to move forward, and once they understand, they can make great things happen in a non-dominant leader, bossy way, in a way that makes everybody comfortable and that uses everybody's highest resources. A Libra is the best at being like, that's what's really cool about you. So now we're all gonna work together and everybody's gonna do what they're best at and they'll bring people together to do, to let's say build a house and the best painter is gonna paint it and the best foundation layer is gonna lay the foundation. They can make these big swirly things happen by identifying the best part a person has and bringing them together to do something collaborative. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. I actually just got that right now. Yeah, that was really good. And the airplane, too. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever read this, and I might have mentioned it in other podcasts, but supposedly Libra was made by splitting up parts of Virgo and parts of Scorpio, and they added Libra. Libra was supposedly like the last sign. I've only read this in a couple books. I think Demetra George mentions it. Oh, I Um, I can see that. I don't know for sure that... I feel that way. I don't also not feel that way. I'm very Libra about it. But I do see the traits of Virgo and of Scorpio in Libra. They're vacillating and they're going between two extremes, but they don't quite emotionally hold on to it like a Scorpio, and they don't quite overthink it intensely like a Virgo, but they go back and forth between those two energies. And Libra's also another weird one in the bedroom, which I can see both parts of Scorpio and Virgo within Libra. The way they express themselves sexually is a little bit of both. Interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. So, Scorpio. Yeah, so Scorpios, when they are evolved, they are not afraid to do the shadow work. They are going to 
dive into what's scary and they are going to work with it and they're going to emerge in a transformed way and they're going to help you do the same they're really good at looking at the dark what's scary and they will not run from it they will tackle it they will bravely work with it and figure it out they'll totally address it emotionally too oh yeah they own up to it And we don't even need to talk about how to transmute the energy of Scorpio because a Scorpio on the higher side practices transmutation on a daily basis. They're constantly going inward, understanding, and then projecting the idea out. Scorpios can also be very fortunate signs. Some of the luckiest people I know are Scorpios. And it's totally Scorpio on the higher side energy. It's like, I don't even know if it's luck because some of it seems earned. Like, all right, I'm going to go in. I'm going to deal with my addiction. I'm going to deal with my sexual trauma. I am not going to let somebody else and somebody, and I'm not going to let being a victim rule my life. A, A Scorpio on the higher side will actively work through that shit. And once they do, they actually become very lucky. And they're great. They're like laser beam manifestors. They will get the person that they want, the person that they're compatible with. They will have the successful business. They will be, I don't know the name of the show, but I think it was, it was the prophet. The name of the show was prophet. It was actually this Lebanese guy who's a Scorpio and he would go into businesses and figure out why the business was not functioning based on the people's emotional crap that they were carrying, bringing to the business. So he would go in there and he would be like, almost like a psychic, well, this is fucking you up. You need to leave your partner. You need to pay attention to this person here. You need to work as a team and deal with your emotional shit at home and then like figure that out and then bring your better self to the table. So he would do that. I cannot remember his name. It might be John something. But the show is The Prophet. and Like P-R-O-F-I-T? Yes, a because it's actually, ba- he's Lebanese oh. and it's based on Cahil Gibran's oh. this, The Prophet, which oh, was a Lebanese Oh, the other poet. prophet. Okay, yeah. so it's like a double meaning prophet. Yeah, yep. cool. And he was just really good at it. It was amazing to watch and it was interesting. As a business owner, it was interesting to me to see like, yeah, emotions do matter. It, it is business and emotion like you can do something from the business side but this emotional still happening and business is not going to happen if this emotional trauma is happening so the business person has to care about the emotions if they want their business to survive scorpios can be some of the best friends and partners that you'll have because they're so devoted they're very loyal they will totally see you for who you are and they won't be freaked out by it they're very non-judgmental in that way because they are so used to dealing with the darkness or they're so okay with it so they'll be all right with your flaws and at least you know they'll accept you for who you are but they might help you to transmute the flaws but I think that they are really good at being very honest the higher side of Scorpio is very emotionally honest they'll tell you what they need they they will set boundaries they're very healthy in that regard they'll tell you what you need too oh yeah because they'll see it they're very intuitive incredibly pretty much psychic and if they know something can help you they'll just all of a sudden give you a one-liner that's so stingy this is the tail and people look at the tail as bad but that tail can be like you're a liar you need to stop if you're ever going to get what you want like it's so blunt and it's so precision and it's useful emotional information that can help so much because you know scorpios are known for being manipulative but they just are so emotional that when you're emotional it's you know, manipulative has, has, has a bad context, but you manipulate emotion. You can mold it. You can form it. That is what to manipulate something is. It's to kind of, like, move it around and fit a form, and that's what emotions are. So because Scorpios are so emotional, yes, they're manipulative, but manipulation is not always bad. A, a Scorpio that manipulates on the higher side is going to manipulate you into feeling better about yourself, and pretty directly, too. But because they're so emotionally focused and they're so good at expressing that emotion with logic and reason, that, that's the transmutation right there. Taking the emotion and just making it really reasonable and being like, yeah, you feel this way now. It totally sucks. If you stop lying and you get your shit together, you're going to feel better. Scorpios are that life coach that's going to have that talk with you that's not going to be afraid to address your darkness or shadow, but that's also going to be comfortable with it. They're comfortable with your shadow and with their shadow because they know the shadow isn't bad. 
they know more than any other sign of the zodiac that the shadow needs to be worked through to transmute to get to the good stuff that it doesn't come easy that you have to go in there and analyze and feel and they're the signs that show us that that's actually why they're my favorite sign of zodiac because Mm. of that Yeah, I love all the Scorpios that I'm close to. They're very real, and they are completely authentic. There's no fakeness with Scorpios. You know exactly who they are, and you always know exactly what's going on in your relationship. They're very direct and honest, and I really appreciate that. But it's also not like Aries directness, because there is an emotional component to it as well. And it takes them a while. They're very patient. So mm-hmm. you would have to know a Scorpio for years before you understood the extent of the directness. Of yes, them. exactly. Sagittarius. Joy, fun, adventure, spontaneity. They're just fun to listen to, to when they talk because they know so much about a lot of different things. And I feel like they're really blunt but informative speakers. And there's just this sense of happiness to them and freedom. Yeah, they're great storytellers. They can captivate a whole room with a story. Great speakers and writers. They really radiate joy, too. I think we were talking about Leo radiating joy, but Sagittarius does, too. They are travelers. If you ever want to go anywhere last minute, call a Sag because they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll go to Hawaii with you. They are the luckiest sign of the Zodiac. They will find money on the ground, and they just have this whimsical, lighthearted spirit. So there's this energy of prosperity that kind of always goes to them because they don't worry a lot. Mm. Yeah, they really don't worry a lot. And I think they can help some of the more mentally focused signs of the Zodiac to bring that lightness and think about things as kind of a game. Everything's a fun game to Sagittarius. They'll make small tasks very fun. They'll figure out the fun way to take out the trash every day. They'll make a game out of that. They'll make a game out of cleaning their house. They'll reward themselves afterward. They're just always looking for the most joyful expression of energy. And when they're unconscious they'll sometimes move away from the tasks and chores that they find boring but on the higher side they can take those boring tasks and even make those joyful i think that it just takes them having the patience developing a little patience and understanding that sometimes they there can be joy in even quote-unquote boring routine events Yeah, they don't do well when they're bored, and that's what needs to be transmuted because that boredness will be kind of taken out on others in a potential, like, narcissistic way or overly verbal way. So if the the transmutation for the Sag would be to keep very occupied in your tasks, doing all those things that Ash just said, focusing on the game and focusing on the fun and the positivity of it to, to make it happen because they do bore easily, so they're constantly needing to change it up. And they also move on very quickly. So they are not going to hold a grudge. They're not going to hold anything against you. They'll be in a bad mood and forget about it two seconds later, which is what I think is one of the reasons why they, Jupiter is their ruling planet. There is that joy there. And that joy really amplifies and they tend to not put too much into their decision making and kind of just do what makes them feel good at the time, which makes a whole lot of things easier. I think that they're also the kind of quintessential jack-of-all-trades. They're really good at a lot of different things, and in their lifetime, they can accomplish a lot. They can kind of live several lifetimes within one. They can complete a full career by the time they're 30 and then move on and do something else. Like, they're just fast learners. They're good at a lot of things because they're so interested. They don't take things so seriously, so they're able to just kind of roll with it. And they're not worried about it. They're not, like, spending so much time worrying that they're they're using the time they would be worrying to devote to what it is that interests them. Capricorn's next. So Capricorns are diligent. They're also diplomatic. They feel a sense of duty to finish something, to get something done. They feel a sense of duty to be productive and make things happen. Sometimes what needs to be transmuted is the energy of obligation into duty or into something that's going to kind of help them thrive and move forward because duty and obligation, they're not the same, but they, you, you can caught, be, get caught up in them pretty easily you can get caught up in feeling obligated and feeling like you have to do something and that could take you away from the duty of what you need to do for yourself 
but a Capricorn on the higher side knows what they need to do for themselves and they will work for it. And they're not afraid of hard work and they're not afraid. They love success. That is how they directly feel self-worth. So success is very important to them and they're not going to lay back and make it happen or just wish for it or try to manifest it. They are going to go step by step. You know, it's going to go from the associates to the masters to the PhD. They have no problems immersing their lifetime in learning something and getting to know all about that one or two things that really make them tick and become so diligent in that. So they're going to be the Olympics, the gymnastics in, in the Olympics, people that train forever to be the best. They're going to do that and it's it's going to be in a way where they're, it's not going to like fuck up their lives and it's going to consume them. They want that consumption. They want to have that practice and be the best and get to know every single little detail about what they're passionate about and what they're trying to make happen and understand it emotionally, mentally, and physically. They are very wise. I feel like they tend to mature faster than a lot of people, so they don't spend too much time seeking advice or impressions from other people. They tend to know who they are from a young age, and they tend to kind of develop their goals from a young age like they know what interests them they don't spend a lot of time wavering or waffling between a few different things and if they do it's because they're worrying too much about what outward success looks like or what other people around them expect of them and I think that they tend to be really good at having a creative unique perspective and they tend to be very perfectionistic toward that, which on the lower side can cause a lot of stress for them. But on the higher side, they can really create something that's very unique, very special, and they have little fear about working to bring it into the world. The guy that wrote The Lord of the Rings is a Capricorn, and that's a whole other world he created. Lord of the Rings, it's a very detailed book he even created a language for that book yeah elvish yeah so there is so much and he spent his lifetime doing that that trilogy took a really long time to write there was a lot of observing before that before that book came out a lot of observing that he did in the real world and J.R. Tolkien that's his name yeah and a lot of observing in world war Two, I think and that has been very Capricorn to me, in a sense, that, that detail of the language and the characters. And, you know, the, the Hobbit had the same birth date as the other Hobbits. Like, it was, I think it was September 23rd. And I always found that they also represented Libra and Virgo. They rep seemed to represent their, their birthdays as well. I actually wondered if he had considered astrology when he wrote that book. But the long-winded point is... That energy and effort is very Capricorn, like giving in a language that's consistent, giving the characters a world, homes, living in hobbit houses and orcs and all that is very constructive imagination. It's not loosey-goosey like a Pisces is an imagination. It's imagination that's going to function and that's going to add up to something. And the end result was success. And I always tell Capricorns, the way to transmute the energy is you know how to make something function. So if you want to be an artist, just figure out how to make that function. Don't not be an artist because you think it's bad and it's not going to make any money. You are the sign that can figure out how to make money and how to make success. So find a way to make it successful. Maybe, you know, how, how do you get to do your art and be an artist and make it successful? You're the sign that's going to be able to give it function, whether it's like also learning branding and marketing and networking. You're going to be able to figure all that stuff out if you pay attention to your desire because you can make your desire function no matter what it is. Yeah, they're really good at manifesting. Usually, though, it's not so quick and overnight as like a Sagittarius would be. It's developed over time but when they are able to devote themselves that way they tend to enjoy great success in either their later years or you know their middle years Aquarius yeah Aquarians are one of a kind they are very much themselves they're very authentic they are not easily influenced by other people and their opinions they're able to hold true to themselves and their vision very easily which is very useful for 
creating new things and implementing change on a grand scale in the world. If we had people that were constantly affected by everyone around them, nothing would ever really change. So Aquarians are really good at bringing in change. They are good at removing emotions from a problem and looking at it from a higher perspective. They can see exactly what the ideal situation is. And when they're able to learn how to delegate and how to share their vision with other people, that's when they're really unstoppable. Because sometimes Aquarians get stuck in the, the higher mind and have a hard time communicating it to other people. And because they're more visionary and less of like, I'm going to do the work now, like the, the small detailed work to get to this higher vision, if they're able to delegate to people that are that way, then they can create grand scale change. Yeah, they're very inventive, another airplane for the air sign, very inventive and creative in their inventiveness and they do see the big picture really clearly and really quickly. So they might not necessarily be all wrapped up in how you feel or how the person next to them is feeling, but they do care about bigger things like peace and equality and they're not very judgmental. A lot of the times they're not even caring or thinking about what their lover or partner is doing. Freedom is also big for them. So it's just like if you let an Aquarius be who they are and maybe sometimes encourage them to take action because sometimes their ideas could be so big it's paralyzing to them. If in ways that the Aquarian needs to be supported is not necessarily to be left alone, to be encouraged, but almost to disengaged. So encouraging them to do their idea and to bring it together and that you may help them, but not necessarily being like, okay, that's a great idea and let's move on because they do need some direction because of their constant, because of their brilliance. Their brilliance is so brilliant that sometimes it could be a little inactive or lazy, so they just need that motivation to make these energies unfold. They're, they need incentive, you know, that they need their fixedness almost amplified because there's still air. So the container sometimes is a little harder with fixed air to be productive. They're radical, they're fun, they'll make things different. They do big things and be fine with the consequence, not get emotionally involved or attached to it. And they are generous and have good attitude. And Aquarians that are that have done that work, like let's say, I don't know, Oprah and Ellen, I don't know if they're great examples, but they're Aquarians that reach a lot of people and, you know, do their thing. They talk and they express their ideas and they interview people, but they keep it light. Even if they're like interviewing you about depression, their show is not gonna feel like gloom and doom. They there's something about them where they always just focus on the positive or move from it and and make sure that your message is going to affect a lot of people in a productive way. Yeah, they're all about reaching people on a larger scale. So they're less going to connect with someone individually, emotionally, but they're going to be focused on, like you said, spreading that message to as many people as possible to kind of enact that higher vision. And I think that they are also really good at questioning things that aren't working anymore. So like if there's just a tradition that everyone's doing that's actually kind of harmful, they're going to be good at uh, pointing it out. Like, why are we all doing this? They're going to introduce a better alternate way. Pisces. They're probably the most compassionate and understanding sign of the zodiac and pretty unjudgmental too. A Pisces is a sign you can just tell anything to and kind of feel comfortable around right away. And they're going to help you work it out. They're very wise. They usually have been around for many lifetimes. So when it comes to giving emotional information and when it comes to really seeing you, maybe seeing things that you can't even see, they'll gently point those out and you know they they don't ever really want you to feel ashamed they understand what it's like to to be human and what it's like to live in a different world so because they're always in two different places at once and seeing these two different realms at once the realm of reality and the realm of whatever's going on in their minds or this other world they're also able to have a lot of perspective but they don't really expect much from people so in a way that that's helpful to the recipient and helpful to their higher nature in the sense too because 
I would say they're the sign that knows that you can't control somebody else. So they don't even try. Yeah, they're very compassionate and gentle. They don't like to boss people around. It feels really bad to them to tell somebody else how they should be living their life. Even on a small scale, they will not tell you, you know, they're going to ask you what you want for dinner rather than being like, I'm, I want spaghetti tonight and I don't care if you do, you know, or whatever. Like on, even on a small scale, they're very considerate of other people and they're kind of yielding. And I think as Pisces kind of reaches a higher expression, they can be a little clearer with what they want and they'll be okay with being like I actually do feel like spaghetti tonight and they're very adaptable too so they could go with like spaghetti or steak or whatever because they can just change so quickly or transform so quickly Neptune doesn't care like Pisces are actually the most caring and not caring sign of the zodiac at the same time because they will really care about you as a human but they don't care if you like pick your nose or your ass or whatever like they're not like oh you made this mistake so fuck you I'm done forever they're like oh humans error and I don't care that you're doing that but I still love you yeah exactly yeah they'll be there for you and they are they can be very sensitive so they can have their feelings hurt but they will not take things that you do that don't involve them personally they'll trust that what you're doing is you know the best that you can do with where you're at they'll be very open-minded about that and I think Pisces can be very intuitive they can be very predictive they can see possible ways that things can go they're very good at trusting their intuition I think because other signs can be intuitive but Pisces just doesn't even question it it's just sort of second nature it's almost easier for them to exist in that realm than it is in the physical plane and so I think the way that that really gets transmuted is them using their intuition to function in the physical plane as best they can because they can use that to you know be successful or to manifest specific physical plane goals but they don't often do that because sometimes they just get caught in the imagination but they, if they can channel that imagination and intuition down into like money or into health, then they can really reach a lot of their goals here on Earth. Yeah, they could be barracudas because they're going to get what they want and they like getting what they want. Jupiter did used to rule them. They like manifestation. They like getting what they want, but they don't necessarily laser beam it like a Scorpio. They'll swim around you and adapt. They have goals, they have dreams, they'll get them by imagining and adapting and being like, all right, well, now I have to go this way, now I have to go this way. So they can begin by imagining what they want and then have it unfold and have it manifest really gently and streamlined instead of like the drive of a Capricorn or the line of a Scorpio, the laser beam line of a Scorpio. They just, they make it up as they go along and they get it. They get it in probably not even a very challenging way because of their adaptability. And if they need to, they'll fight for it. If part of the adaptation is to have a fight, they will have that fight. It's not like they just kind of back down, but they're almost like little foxes. They're like, all right, I'm going to swim around you. I'm going to bend and I'm I'm bending, I'm manipulating because I know that's what I need to do. So like, I'll say I'm sorry even when I'm not because I know that's going to help me get to the bigger picture. We're wrapping it up until next time. Yeah, let us know if you have any topics you want us to focus on. And we're going to be doing some classes sometime soon, so we'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, that's our next step when this podcast is done, to format our class and then to hopefully bring it to you in more detail the next class, what we're doing, and how you can sign up for it. Have a good couple weeks. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a celebrity chart or a topic, or to get a reading with us or see our upcoming classes, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.